T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com. It is a final from American Family Field, and the results are again good. A Brewers 5-1 victory, and that is not the bigger story. The bigger story is, well, a near no-hitter for Freddie Peralta and the Milwaukee Brewers. So we'll, we'll have a conversation about that. Welcome in, everybody. It's Sapella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Post-game show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. There's the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. My name is Tim Allen. 5-1, they get the win, but more importantly, they get the pitching again. Freddie Peralta, seven and a third of uh, no-hit innings. And who do you blame? Raise your hand. We ask this all the time on, well, occasionally the Brewers do get a near no-hitter. Raise your hand if if you were the one that jinxed it. Now, I heard uh, Jeff Levering on Bally Sports Wisconsin say it. I did not hear Bill Schroeder say it. I heard Lane Grindle on the Brewers Radio Network say it. I did not hear Bob Euchre say it. So what does that tell me? Well, it's maybe a, it's, it's maybe an old-school philosophy that you, that you don't mention it. But uh, uh, Brewers do uh, the most important thing is, is they get the victory to get back to five games over five hundred couple of home runs in this game again the magic mark is four plus runs uh, in this occasion here for the last uh, week or eight games or so they've been averaging just over five runs a game that is the most important thing and Freddie Peralta now at a six and one mark and an ERA of 225 that is just uh, a, a near miss to Corbin Burns 224 that's a little bit behind a uh, Brandon Woodruff at 127. This is amazing pitching by the Milwaukee Brewers here on June 4th. 
of the 2021 championship season. Want to get your reaction here to Freddie Peralta and, and what you would have done. I can break down a, a little bit on the on the no-hitter when it was lost there with one out in that eighth inning. I, I think pitch selection would have been changed for me. And Joe West, dude, come on. Come anything with a, with a performance like this. Anything close, anything borderline, doesn't it go to the pitcher throwing a no-hit? Like, you didn't know that there was a no-hitter going on here, Cowboy Joe? He's squeezing during a no-hitter. And I don't, I don't understand that part because the, the walk there in that eighth inning had some super questionable calls. The Ahmed at, at bat... Maybe not so much, but the one before that, come on, Joe West. Really? I mean, I get the low strike. That hasn't been called all year long. In fact, we can go back to last year. That low strike is just not going not gonna to be called. I don't know if umpires got together and decided that, hey, man, we're, we're just going to give up on that uh, low strike zone. That's fine. Whatever. But this was left and right. Now, you did have Ahmed set up. Uh, Freddie Peralta and Omar Narvaez, he was flailing at the off-speed stuff. He was flailing at the change. He, he was uh, out of sorts. He drops to a knee in one of the swings. You had him set up for the high fastball. And I hate to break this all down uh, on sort of a negative stance, but that's how no-hitters are, are, are made right there with pitch selection and how you set these guys up. He, Ahmed was set up for a high fastball. There's no way he could protect that zone right there. Now, I was uh, during uh, the late innings uh, of this near-no-hitter by Freddie Peralta, I was texting back and forth with a former Brewers pitcher. I'll, I'll leave that nameless. Uh, and he agreed with me. He said there was no way, and you know, his text said, there's no way he could protect the high fastball during that sequence, you had him set up. Instead, you, you went with the off-speed stuff, and he got you for soft contact. But, you know, again, what a performance from Freddie Peralta, and what a year thus far for Freddie Peralta. Nine strikeouts, seven and a third. He allows one hit, one run, three walks, and those nine punch-outs, 109 pitches. How far would you have gone with him? Let's say he gets through that eighth inning. That's, say, 114 pitches. Were you throwing him back out there? Your thoughts and reaction on another Brewers victory, as well as the performance from not only Freddie Peralta, but if we want to roll these the the big three, you know you hear that uh, term a lot in in basketball, and everyone talks about the big three. Well, don't look now, baseball, but the Brewers have a pretty damn big three, and we're over a third through the season here. One to, by the big three, the ERAs are 127, 224, and 2.25 for Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. That's just outstanding. I mean, that's just, we haven't seen something like this in a long, long time. And also, we'll have a little fun a little bit later on, 70s weekend at American Family Field as um, the Brewers take on the Diamondbacks to take the first two games of this four-game set. And uh, I'll go back to the memory bank here with the 70s memories uh, of the Milwaukee Brewers a little bit later on. And as a matter of fact, I uh, grabbed this from uh, JS Online, the all-decade team for the 70s for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
We'll go around the diamond and have that for you a little bit later on. But, man, close, but no cigar. It shows you how tough a no-hitter is. And I know there's been six this year. Seven if you include the Mad Bum. But it's, it just shows you how difficult it is in, in a number of ways. I mean, these guys are um, making defensive plays for you. You're going to need a few of those on a no-hitter. You're going to need a great game call by the catcher. Obviously, you're going to need the good pitching. You're, you're going to need good sequencing. There's all those things play a part. And, and the pitch count plays a part in this. At 109, Pipe Bomb, I'll bring you in here. If he gets through the eighth inning at, say, 114, 116 pitches, would you have sent him back out there for the ninth? Absolutely. Of course I would. You know me. I I give these guys 120. (laughs) Okay. I would would tend to agree. And, And although the narrative of saving innings and watch your innings coming into this year, remember that, that 60 game schedule last year and, you know, we really got to watch their innings through the first uh, good chunk of the season here. It doesn't appear that that's happening too much. Yeah, we'll throw in a six-man rotation once in a while. That'll be good enough. But I, I agree with, with the uh, uh, history of the franchise and only the one no-hitter from 87. I, you definitely, Craig Council is well aware of that. Uh, he would have thrown him right back out there. I mean, he threw him out there with... Uh, what, 97 pitches to go into the eighth. And so I want to get your reaction here on the ball game as well as Freddie Peralta's near hitter. And if you're, uh, uh, are you su- superstitious in that regard? Or is that just an old school thing? Well, Brian Anderson of Valley Sports, Wisconsin, not on the call tonight, but he's, he's one that always said, hey, I wish I had that much power to affect it. I'm just calling the game. It's good enough for Vin Scully. It's good enough for me. Okay, I get it. Although I didn't hear Bob Euchre say it, I didn't hear Bill Schroeder say it, but Jeff, the younger guys, Jeff Levering, made mention of a no-hitter going. Je- uh, Lane Grindle on the Brewers Radio Network side, since Jeff was over doing TV, he mentioned it, the no-hitter going. Is that an old-school thing, or is that, that just is, is, is still prevalent? No, I definitely think it's an old-school thing. You know, there's a reason why, why Euch wouldn't mention it. And, you know... Everybody knows how superstitious baseball players are to begin with. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, they don't have the power to jinx it. But you don't take that chance. And you don't set yourself up for that kind of torture. No, I I don't say a word. I just don't say say anything to anybody. I don't want to text anybody. Although, uh, like I said, I was texting back and forth with a uh, former Brewers pitcher. But. Uh, outside of that, I, I'm I'm not gonna you know text my son or text my buddy saying, "Hey, you see what's going on in the Brewer game?" Now that that might be okay because you don't mention the no hitter, but I don't even do that anymore. I, I've been I've been burned by that many years ago. Well, you've been um, waiting how long for no hitter number two? So man, you know no. I wouldn't do anything. You know if it gets passed into like the sixth inning and the no hitter's going on. <laughs> Don't you, breathe. You don't breathe. You don't move. You don't grab a fresh beer. You don't do anything. You just sit exactly where you are and don't move at all. 
Another couple of home runs for the Brewers offense tonight. That's 11 in their last three games. And is the offense turning the corner a little bit? Talked about that last night. It was an important game in that regard. Let's just see if this offense is starting to turn the corner just a little bit. Maybe they are. Maybe. Maybe. As uh, they get the victory in game two of this four-game set. And so far on the uh, homestand, they're 3-1 and one with two to play. And I think most of us uh, expected a 4-2 and two mark against the Detroit Tigers and four against the D-backs. And they're well on their way to at least that. So that's a, that's a good sign right there. Let's get into our game recap here. And here's some highlights in this one. 414-799-1250 if you guys want to jump in here. All sorts of things to talk about tonight. By the way, Colton Wong was officially placed on the IL. And uh, Pablo Reyes recalled from AAA Nashville. As, uh, again, uh, Freddie Peralta just outstanding and this, how good is he? I mean, I as as the weeks go by, and and really you could even say months now or two plus months into the season. My goodness, I mean, I I don't know what else to say about these guys. Woody Burns and Peralta, there's your big three. There's the NBA terminology there. Big three in Milwaukee. Well, maybe two big threes in Milwaukee if you include the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. First inning, Freddie walks the leadoff man. And that's significant because it would go a stretch after that before he even allowed a base runner. He was up 0-2 in that sequence, and that's the thing. That's That's been a little bit of the, the final stages of maturation for Freddie Peralta is, you know, his, his, his wildness early in ballgames and the pitch count just seems to rise a little bit early. I think him and Woodruff ought to have a nice conversation because Woody's that was one of his last you know pieces of maturation, and he said get get on the attack right away. And it seems to be working for Woody. Maybe one more step in some ceiling for Freddie Peralta, but uh, he falls behind the next batter two zero, and I'm like, oh man, don't be one of those outings for Freddie. But a flyout, strikeout, strikeout, 19 pitches in that first inning. And that, you know, again, that plays a factor in the depth of, of your outing. Brewers on the board, bottom of the first inning. It was a one-out Daniel Vogelback one-man rally. Vogelback left center field. Gone! Out of the line for Daniel Vogelback. Right over the yellow line into the Brewers' bullpen. They've struck again for another homer. There it is. Vogelback gets the Brewers on the board. Solo shot. One zip. Nice to play from the lead. Into the second inning. One, two, three for Freddie. Strikeout, fly out, fly out. One zip to the bottom of the second inning. Brewers on the scoreboard again in the bottom of that second inning. A leadoff walk to Omar. Travis Shaw then with a gift infield single. Little luck. There's nothing wrong with that. Willie Adamas draws a walk to load the bases with nobody out. And the Brewers looking for a quick inning or a big inning, I should say. JBJ at the plate. And, well, it wasn't a crooked number, but he got the ball in play and got the Brewers another run. The 1-0. Ground ball left side. They get one. Can't get two. Brewers get another run. It's 2-0 on the RBI fielder's choice. 
two zip at that point. Runners at the corners with just the one out and one in for Freddie Peralta. He strikes out on a bunt attempt to bring up Luis Urias, and he grounds out to end the frame. They do get the run. Bases loaded, nobody out, and just netting one run, two zip into the third inning with the story of the night. Freddie Peralta, a couple of punch outs in the third, got, uh, well, five through those first three innings. Brewers scored in the first two innings, make it the first three as uh, Vogelback leads off with a walk. Yelly hits into a double play. Avi follows up with a two-out base hit, and it set the stage for a weird official scoring call, but it set the stage for Omar Narvaez. This one around into the gap in right center, and it's going to go all the way to the wall. Avi Garcia rounding third. He's going to come in and score. Narvaez chugging for third. He is in as the ball gets by. It's in the dugout. A little league homer for Omar Narvaez. It'll be a triple, no doubt. Picks up an RBI, and he scores himself. Yeah, there it is on Bally Sports, Wisconsin. It's ruled as a double and then two errors, but he gets the he gets the RBI double, so I'll take that. I thought it was interesting, uh, Bill Schroeder, uh, in, in the booth on Bally Sports, Wisconsin, was saying, hey, man, that's that's a triple, and Levering was, was talking to him about, well, the official score has to rule it this way. It did get by the outfielder and things like that, and, <laughs> and Schroeder on, said, Tim. Yeah, I you know Timmy O'Driscoll, the uh, official scorer, gave it the RBI double. I think it's the right call, but Schroeder had said, "Hey man, if, if it's a catcher, goes as a triple for me." Absolutely, so I, I, I can get the territorial thing there for for Rock, and uh, they're up four zip at that point. Both teams one two three in the fourth inning. Freddie two more strikeouts had uh, seven through the four innings. Make it eight strikeouts in a scoreless fifth inning for Freddie Peralta. Still no hits, uh, but he did walk a man, and that shut down a string of 14 consecutive retired for the Brewers' right-hander. Brewers, a couple of base runners in the fifth inning after two out. Yelly with a base hit. Uh, Avi then works a walk. Lavolo then goes to the lefty to face Omar, and he grounds out. To end that frame into the sixth inning, four zip, Freddie, three up, three down. Uh, I should should have said through six, into the seventh. Uh, Freddie, three up, three down. What a play from Luis Urias. And as I discussed, it's so difficult to throw a no-hitter. There's so many factors uh, involved, one of which is defense, and Luis stepped up. Little flare, center field, diving. Diamondbacks are going to take a look at that, but what a play by Luis Arias to protect a no-hitter at this point. And uh, again, that preserved the no-hitter in the seventh inning, and he gets through it. Uh, it uh, Now it's getting nervous time. You get through seven, and now, now you're talking. Uh, Freddie Peralta is, is going to go back out for the eighth inning, uh, 97 pitches through the seven innings with nine strikeouts, 97 pitches again, going into the eighth inning, Craig council, you got to let him go. And he did that. Um, 
no hitter it disappears after one out it was a uh um Joe West, I, I got to say, in that, he was a little, I don't know, he was he was squeezing each side left and right, maybe a little bit more than top and bottom, although there was some calls missed on the top end of the zone for both these pit, starting pitchers. So I understand that. But I will say this, Joe West, when you got a guy throwing a no-hitter and it's a borderline call, really? Really? I know a strike zone's a strike zone. But if that that some of those pitches in that eighth inning, Jeff, they could have been called strikes, and no one would have really argued too much about it. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm asking for six inches outside. Right. I agree a thousand percent. But Tim, you know, with as long as we've both been watching baseball, uh, Joe West has been doing this stuff for 25 years, and you know, now that he's umpired more games than anybody in the history of the world. You know, he thinks he's king of the mountain. He's thought that for the last 25 years as well. So well, nothing it, that he does surprises me. And you, and you saw him early on. It was, uh, gosh, bottom of the first inning. He he stepped out there, had to take center stage because uh, the uh, the Arizona pitcher was, was like biting, biting his nail or something like that. Oh, heaven but, forbid. You know, and I'm sure that's why all those people crowded AmFam Field tonight because everybody wanted to watch Joe West. <laughs> I, I do now. The no hitter was lost on the Ahmed single. I get that. In in my estimation, I think the no hitter was was really sort of conceptually lost in the walk just prior to that. That that's the part. That's the, that's the tough part because there were some missed calls right there. But uh, so be it. It ends Peralta's uh, night right there. Uh, as uh, Boxberger comes in and gets out of it, um, he does give up a sack fly, but that's uh, that goes on Peralta's ledger. Seven and a third of one hit, one run baseball, three walks, and nine strikeouts in the performance, 109 pitches. Outstanding for Freddie Peralta. One more highlight to get to as uh, the Brewers uh, come to bat in a 4-1 game in the bottom of the eighth inning. Wrapping up a 12-pitch at-bat for Omar Narvaez. 3-2. To center. Back goes Smith. Gone. Omar Narvaez on the 12th pitch of the at-bat goes deep to straightaway center. Yeah, there it was on Bally Sports Wisconsin. Richards in for the ninth inning. No problems there in a Brewers 5-1 victory. They uh, they now are five games over 500, and we're back at this. And you may remember this narrative. I know, Jeff, you probably are nauseated uh, or were nauseated by my uh, comments back in April and, and May during some rough times. Buy time. It, this is back to buying time factor now. you got to buy time for Kane to get back. you got to buy time for colton wong to get back you got to buy time for david stearns to think about what he's going to do in personnel you have to buy time to get keston Hira back on track whether that's at the big league level or at triple a nashville buy time to get jbj going all of this while competing all of this you're five back to five games over 500 high watermark was seven over 500 all right, uh, we'll, we'll take a break, come back and get some of your reaction here. 414-799-1250, Freddie Peralta, near no-hitter. Man, almost, 
Almost. Uh, also, since it's 70s weekend at American Family Field, I go back uh, into the memory bank of the 70s and uh, my introduction to Brewers baseball back, uh, well, in the early to mid-70s when it really kicked off. And the all-70s decade team, as uh, pronounced uh, or announced uh, by the uh, JS Online some months ago. So we'll have all that in your reaction. How good are the big three in Milwaukee? Woody, Burns, and Peralta, 225, 224, and 127 ERAs through over a third of the season. You're listening to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 1250 AM The Fan and Odyssey Station. Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan, call Tim Allen now at 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 1250AMTheFan. the final Brewers take game two of this four-game set. And the story, Freddie Peralta. And the bigger story, the big three. Burns, Woody, Peralta. And the Brewers uh, back on the winning track here in their offense. I don't know. It just smells a little bit like it's turning the corner. A little bit. Uh, We'll find out as time goes by. But there's enough time to maybe make some sort of judgment on Woody Burns and Peralta. I I think we've seen enough of that to make some sort of judgment on who these guys are. I mean, they are, it's it's tough. We haven't seen a one, two, three punch like this in a long time. I mean, it's if, if, if really at all in terms of two plus months of baseball, 225 ERA, 224, uh, and a 127. Freddie Peralta, near no hitter tonight. When I get your reaction on the ball game, we're going to hear from Craig Council. We will hear from Freddie Peralta as well as we move along. And also, if you're old enough, and I don't want to alienate anybody that uh, is in the younger generation, but I sort of have to to ask this question. You, uh, it's 70s theme night or weekend at uh, American Family Field. That's when I got bitten by the uh, Brewer bug, if you will, uh, was in the uh, early to mid-70s. Right there, 72 to 75 is when you know, I, I really I experienced my first Brewers baseball game at County Stadium. And um, it just, I don't, I don't know, it just, it just took off from that right there. And, and JS Online some months ago had the all-decades uh, teams uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers franchise, and, and they had labeled uh, their 70s all-decade team here, and I'll read that for you and take a walk down memory lane at that point. Uh, 799-1250, uh, you, you described to me how good the big three are and Freddie's performance tonight as well as the Brewers' victory to get back to five games over 500 and stay right there in the thick of a, of a, a dogfight, really. What's uh, what we had predicted, um, and and a lot of people did predict it as uh, it's going to go back and forth all summer long with the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, and possibly even Reds. I still think the Reds got to run in them a little bit, 
Uh, so you got to be careful there. But three or four team race all summer long, and that's holding firm with what we had uh, thought at the beginning of the season. Uh, let's start things out with Mike. Mike, what's on your mind? You're on the fan. Hey, Jimmy, BBD. You know what? Joe West has got to go. He's got to go. And are you there? Go ahead, yeah. So quiet there. What was the – I'm 55, my memory goes. What was the free agent pitcher we had that it was pitching a no-hitter? Uh, CC Sabathia? Sabathia, yeah. And they took that no-hitter away. I think Joe West costs a no-hitter here. I mean, this guy, who plans their own 5,000-game party celebration? <laughs> That's true. But you know what I admit? I got a little emotional when he didn't get it. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, out of these top three, there's going to be a no-hitter this season. And now, who, who do you – that Vogelbach – Right. He's playing great D. He made a sports center last night. <clears throat> uh, I think it was six. And then that play he made, I think it was in the sixth inning. Yeah. Yeah. Round. I mean, and, 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 well, that's part of this. They, they, they need to get some output at, at uh, the corners. And he's yeah. going to be a big stretch of games here with, you know, with the, with the injuries. And just one last question. When they put the K's on the scoreboard, is a backwards K a left-handed batter? No, it's looking. You got caught looking. Oh, so looking. Back, okay. Backwards K is uh, just yeah. you, you took the strike, yeah. But, yeah, it's been a long sports day, but they will get a no-hitter. Okay. As Joe West behind the plate. Yeah, as long as, yeah, that doesn't impact it. Mike, thank, thanks for the call. Okay, Seven nine nine twelve fifty. Yeah, maybe they will get a, a no-hitter. I mean, no hitters are flying around here in baseball these days, but it's so difficult, and that's why, you know, again, um, in texting back and forth with a, a former big league pitcher here, um, he couldn't stress that enough to me in the back and forth. That it's just there's so many factors that need to go into it that it's that's why they're rare because of all these factors. I didn't even mention Jeff and the factors. The factors is uh, it's pitch count. Uh, it's obviously uh, a good game call by the by the battery. It is um, the defense that is played, but I never mentioned, you know, uh, the the umpiring. That's a big factor in in a no hitter. Absolutely, it all comes into play. You know, it seems like every time that somebody thro- does throw a no hitter. There's at least two plays in that game yep. where it's either spectacular defense, you know, something just completely the the four leaf clover landed on them, and it was one hell of a lucky charms day. And uh, you know, yes, you need everything in your favor to throw one of those. Urias made a, made a great play in that seventh inning, just just an outstanding play. And you're right that that uh, it has to happen, and most times does happen in a no hitter. Uh, so that's uh, it's just so tough, so tough. But boy, an umpire that uh, is squeezing left and right. Oh man, really? That that just that irked me a little bit. Although the Diamondbacks were upset with the strike zone as well tonight, it's not like it was he was picking one one pitcher or another. Well, my goodness, 
I, you know, you get a you get a no hitter going, and if if there's anything borderline, Joe, really, you have to give it. Come on, give it to that guy. He's up there busting his tail. You saw what happened with uh, was it Joyce uh, with the Detroit Tigers uh, Galarraga no hitter. Yep. I mean, you saw what happened there. How how blue impacts no <laughs> yeah. hitters cost him one there. It did, and he felt horrible about it. And now Joe West sticking his nose right into this thing again. I the Brewers don't have a tremendous amount of of history with Joe West, Jeff. I uh, I don't recall in the sixteen years of doing this show, I don't recall too many issues with Joe West. Okay, because I know he's got a ton of issues with the team that I root for, and uh, <laughs> you know he, I've hated him since I was a teenager. My goodness, though. I mean, give him the call. Give him the call. All right, 799-1250. Todd, you're next on the fan. What's happening? Uh, howdy, boys. All hail King West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with Pipe. I'm 100%. That guy's a clown. I remember uh, listening to – I shouldn't say he's a clown, but, yeah, let's just say he's a clown. Listen to uh, 670 to score down in Chicago, and can't remember which pitcher it was that had a 57 uh, – Chevrolet convertible. And when he would come into town, um, he would give the car to Joe West and uh, he'd pitch a, a four day stint or whatever. I mean, he'd ump and magically the guy that was pitching uh, had his car and he called him, uh, called uh, uh, balls and strikes way better for that pitcher. But, I heard yeah. that same story. I yep, was laughing. Yep. That was, oh, oh man. That's the truth, Pipe Bomb. It's the truth. I heard it too. And it's like, yep, it makes total sense. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as far as the big three go, it, it's awesome. Uh, you know, I remember uh, uh, at the end of April on MLB Network, everybody, uh, it was uh, oh, it was uh, Ripken's uh, brother, that's uh, Cal's brother. I can't remember his yep. first name. Billy. On the show. Billy, yep. And he was like, yeah, you know, everybody's in love with Milwaukee and blah, blah, blah. Well, then they fell off the map with, uh, with, uh, with the offense. But now they're back, and, and, and it's fantastic. But if I could bring up another point that I've been really kind of noticing with uh, Urias and, and, and uh, Adamus is they're kind of gelling more now. And, and, and it's looking at it, it's like, well, is Shaw going to be more you know expendable? I know I'm off topic, and I apologize about that. But I've been watching them lately, and uh, it seems like they're playing really well together, and I, and I hope it works out and with that uh, – Maybe a little better offense, but, yeah, the big three, they're fantastic. It is it is fantastic. All right, thanks for the call, Todd, as always. Uh, 799-1250. Woody Burns and Peralta, we're, we're over a third here, a 31 and, and 26 mark uh, so far, and those ERAs are just, just amazing. And it's uh, uh, the, the, the Ks per nine innings for Peralta way up. Woody's going deep. Woody's uh, Burns is doing. It's just it's it's tough to wrap your brain around a little bit. So that that tells you, again, there will be some moving parts on this roster. Yeah, for sure, for sure. This summer there will be because ain't no way David Stearns is going to let this pitching staff be wasted by a horrible offense. No, it's, it's not going to happen. He will because. How would we feel, Jeff, if, if that occurred this year? 
that these pitchers continue to do what they're doing. And there's no reason to indicate to us that they will stop doing what they're doing. Will they come down to earth a little bit? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But that's still going to be pretty damn good. Very competitive to the point where you don't want to face Woodruff Burns and Peralta in a playoff series. That concept right there will force Stearns to fix that offense one way or the other. Yeah, it better, or there's no way that he can walk through that clubhouse and look those guys in the eye and sincerely tell him or tell, you know, tell them that he's doing everything they can to win. Can I touch on one of Todd's points real quick? Mm-hmm. He mentioned, uh, you know, the addition of Willie Adamas and how they're starting to gel better and stuff like that. And I couldn't agree more. When Adamas came here and the first thing, you know, pretty much out of his mouth was, yeah, watching Burns and Woodruff on TV is, uh, yep. you know, they're sick, but you see it live in person. They are nasty. Yeah, now, disgusting or something. Yeah. Like said. yeah. What a phenomenal way to endure, endear yourself to the guys in that clubhouse. You immediately get looked at as a leader and as at somebody who's got everybody else's back. Just what a textbook way of how you should enter a clubhouse if you've been traded or anything. And that's the first step in David Stearns fixing this offense. I mean, it really is. It's It's got a little blend of it helps for now and it helps for the future. And th- those are key for, for Stearns, and we've, we've always heard that. That's why you gamble now offensively. That's why you shove Daniel Vogel back in there for a 15-game stretch to find out if he's got a lost season going on with a 204 batting average. That's why you find out um, – once and for good, if Keston Hira has a lost season or not, get him some regular playing time here. Find out now. Because come August and September, you start wasting. Remember, wasted days and wasted nights. Remember that? I do. Okay. Some of them. <laughs> you start wasting those performances. A two-zip loss, a two-one loss, six and two-thirds of one-run ball, and you lose because your offense can't score. That's a shame if that's going to happen in August or September. So figure it out now. Again, these these are things that Travis Shaw. Are you going to have a tale of two two seasons here? All of this has got to be playing out now. Adamus was the start of that. Get the offense going now. The offense. Hey, Craig Council said it on the flagship before the game today. Base, a baseball season is built in large part on patience. Got to have some patience. They have way too much patience at times. I'm not disagreeing with that statement. I'm just saying occasionally they have too much. And they end up dumping the guy anyway. So let's let's find out what moves are made as as you move down the line because it's pitching performances just like this that tell me that this is an extremely dangerous team if all things stay the same and you get to October 1st. Yeah. And and that's just you know it's 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 about the time factor and I understand that but it's also about the risk factor also. Let's find out if Vogelback can be an everyday guy. 
Is, is that fair? Let's find that out. Avi seems to be falling into a pocket of an everyday guy. I don't think there's too much to complain, complain about Avi Garcia. Nope. So that we found out. Yelich, it's time. Probably about time we get you going here. He's starting to maybe turn the corner a little bit himself. JBJ, is he doing that? All of this is based on, you know, obviously uh, productivity, but it's also based on the time factor. So when these guys are going out and, and doing what they're doing on that mound, that you can put up four, five, six runs. It's just tough with this team, Tim, because it seems like I, I can't figure out what their identity is or what the moves that are going to be made, what they're going to be. You know, did I think that Council uh, was going to let Freddie throw 109 pitches tonight? Hell no, because I'm always, you know, yelling at him for yanking guys way too early. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I said, I would have left Freddie out. If anybody on my team, and I don't care if it's Peralta, if it's Woodruff, you know, or if it's uh, uh, Phil Bickford, you know, I'll let you throw 200 pitches. Go chase history, man. Go chase history. Because yeah. your name is always going to be in the books. You've got, you know, you've got that to hang your hat on. That's your right if, you know, if you're throwing a no-hitter and then the first time, you know, you give up a hit, obviously, you, you sit. But, you know, it's just, it's weird because, you know, right when I've got him pigeonholed, you know, and we've been saying about council yanking pitchers early for years now, but, you know, then he lets, you know, tonight Freddie go for 110 and, yeah. You know, it's just they, they can't even get a, a jersey that fits Vogelbach. You know, there's just weird things with this organization. It's it's no, I now I would agree with you on on half of uh, the, the identity part, and that is offensively, they don't have one. It, it is clear that there, there's no offensive identity. What are they? Who are they? Are they home run hitters? Nope. Are they uh, batting average, get on base guy? Nope. Are they run score? Nope. Small I mean, ball? Nope. Are they sm- nope. <laughs> so, uh, but pitching side, I think that's kind of the, the umbrella identity right now is, is the pitching. And so we're, we're all well aware of that. But, it, uh, man, I got excited there for, for quite a stretch of time tonight as, honestly, no, and I'm a little disappointed with myself here, Jeff, I had to be reminded by someone that he had the no-hitter going after four. I didn't realize it. I was so caught up in, hey, let's get some runs on the board. Freddie looks like he's on tonight kind of situation. Yeah, it took so. me a while to realize it, too. I was uh, I was happy that they scored in each of the first three innings. Yeah. You know, because you get these teams that will sit there and they'll put up a, you know, a, a run here, and then they've got six or seven innings where they don't do anything. And uh, it was it was impressive for me to, to you know to see him score the first three uh, innings back to back to back. So and then you know all of a sudden I look up at the TV and I'm like, oh, Freddie's got something cooking. Looky looky here, <laughs> what do we have? Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We're going to hear from Freddie Peralta. We'll hear from Craig Council. Uh, all of that and more coming up, as well as uh, American Family Field has their uh, '70s theme weekend and. You know, the whole, you know, I was a kid in the 70s, and I'm not going to belabor the point of whether it was bell bottoms or disco coming into play in the late 70s. I will keep it to Brewers, and and I will just uh, walk down memory lane for you. 
uh, with, with my experience in the 70s at County Stadium, as well as uh, the all-decade of the 70s team that was uh, proclaimed by JS Online a few months ago. So all that to get to here, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, post-game show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway, 5-1 final, near no-hitter for Freddie Peralta as the Brewers get another victory. Two in this four-game set. We'll be right back. 50 AM, The Fan and Odyssey Station. What was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Schulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to SchulzeFamilyBeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Welcome back. A Brewers victory to take game two of this four-game set, and the Brewers now get back to five games over 500. Now just taking a peek at a pennant race scoreboard the uh, Cubs trail but that's mid game seems to be a little bit of a slug fest there in San Francisco 8-5 they trail and the uh, Cardinals game that may have gone final I know the Reds were leading that game over St. Louis uh, by a couple of runs in in the ninth inning so we'll get some uh, finals for you in a little bit 799-1250 if you want to jump in here get to Craig Council in just a little bit as uh, Freddie Peralta. It's a game like this that shows you how difficult a no-hitter is. Now, uh, seemingly, um, no-hitters are flying around baseball these days. But it also shows us here as Brewers fans how how damn tough it is to get to actually get one. This season or any other season, it's just very a lot of factors involved in, in the no-hitter, but... Boy, you keep throwing out uh, these these three gentlemen out there, and that's Woody Burns and Peralta. S- someone was going to get close, and you saw it tonight. Yeah, there's one coming, Timmy. You, you would think? I mean, it's it's tough to predict because a little flare base hit, you know, could cost you. And I, I, I we all, as Brewer fans, would, would love to kind of lay that – only one no hitter, and it was back in '87 thing to rest. I mean, you you've got the guy that uh, that caught that no hitter in the Valley Sports Wisconsin booth, and uh, who, by the way, I you know I do have to say this about uh, about Bill Schroeder. I don't know if he gets enough credit. Um, dude's kind of funny in a really dry kind of way. <laughs> he really is. You really got to kind of hone in, and and he's one of those guys that. You know, he'll say something and then it'll it'll be, you know, one one thousand, two one thousand, four one six one that was pretty funny. You yeah. know, you don't you don't kinda get it right away. It's uh it's kinda cool. Uh so he I mean he was eighty seven catcher for the Juan Nieves. No hitter. By the way, uh speaking of going back in the archives, uh seventies theme weekend at American Family Field. I'll get to that in just a second. If if you're in that age bracket that you remember the seventies Brewers. Um, and you want to chime in on that, that that's cool too, but I, I'll go back and probably tell the story, Jeff, maybe, maybe once a year on uh, how I got hooked into Brewers baseball. And, and I still remember the first time I ever set foot at County stadium, never forget it etched in my mind. 
absolute etched in my mind. And maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a, a story that's not unlike a lot of other people that, you know, the old transistor radio story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people say that and, and, and it's true. And, and I don't know if people get tired of hearing that, but that's literally what, what I did. And I think a lot of, a lot of people do, and some people still do. Uh, to this day, they still make those old transistors to a degree. Um, I've had to buy a couple online used, but nonetheless. <laughs> Dude, uh, when I was in grade school, Timmy, uh, uh, this fast food uh, restaurant that starts with M, they had this promotion where they had this little radio that was pretty much no bigger than the size of a quarter, and it had the little hook that went around your ear. And the only station it would play was the flagship for, you know, for the team of the city I was living in. Single frequency radio. Yeah. Yep. And man, I use that sucker all the time sitting in class. Oh, it's 120. <laughs> Let's flip this sucker on catching <laughs> all the games. I loved it. Well, and then they, they got a little creative and they got into, and this was more 80s and 90s. Uh, where they got into the hat that had the little battery pack radio on the back portion, so the back of your head, um, and then two little ear earbuds that would dangle down off the uh, off the hat. Mm-hmm. Not not being a hat guy, I never I never really got into got into that that radio. But I mean, there's stories of of folks that remember their first baseball game. Some don't, and and. You know, if you're a little kid, three, four, five, six years old, I'm, I'm sure you're probably not going to remember your first game. But guys that are, you know, 12, 14, kids that are, you know, upwards of 16, 18, some of th- that age bracket, Jeff, they don't remember their first baseball game. Yeah, that's crazy. That's it is, crazy. It's just hard to hard to digest that. When when I was little, and I know that the Brewers still do it because my kids have, you know, walked the uh, the warning track and stuff, you know, as part of, of Little League night, mm-hmm. that was always something you look forward to. Even though that where where I was, our Little League night was in one of the teams I hated, Park, but it was still, we look forward to it every year, loved every minute of it. And remembered every minute of it. Absolutely. Man, when I uh, first first game I went to, that's that's crazy. I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. All right, we'll get to council seven nine nine twelve fifty. Let's uh, squeeze in uh, your uh, reaction, John. John, you're on the fan. What's happening? Hey Tim, uh, just wanted to call it first time, long time here. I uh, just wanted to say big fan uh, here in Madison. I love the love the Brewers' enthusiasm, and uh, whenever I need a It'll pick me up. I always like to tune in uh, after the game. So. I appreciate that, John. I do. I wanted to say I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing there. But, uh, yeah, great performance by, by Freddie tonight. Um, kind of have a special attachment with him. Me and my brothers were actually out in Colorado when he made his debut. Uh, oh, nice. Back in 18, Mother's Day. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, yeah, between him, uh, Woodruff, and Burns, um, I got to think, you know, at some point here I think something special is going to happen. Um, at some point this season for sure. So pretty, pretty excited about what those guys got going. And one thing um, I just wanted to throw in there. Now you mentioned Joe West. I did think that uh, in the eighth there, he kind of, kind of burned him a little bit on that, that two strike call. 
But um, there was a weird thing at, I think it was a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember this. Didn't he get hit in the head by a baseball that came out of the stands? It was a few years back. Yes, he did. Remember yeah, that. and was that yes, Joe West at, at Miller Park at that time? Was that West? I, I, I don't recall, was. but I remember someone threw a baseball and hit an umpire. I believe it was West, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. That was really weird, but just you never know. Yeah, that's that's crazy. John, uh, call any time, man. You need to pick me up. We got it there for you, unless it's on a, a tough loss and I'm crabby that night. Hey, well, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this one. Thanks, guys. Uh, you, you got it. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't realize that that was wet. See, that's the thing. I don't know if there's that much history with Joe West and the Brewers. There's a few flare ups here and there, but I don't think like other teams. So when I when I read these stories and 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 watch these uh, highlight shows and 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 some of the specials and. And they're mentioning Joe West is sideways umpire, and he, he's all about Joe West and being a singer, and you know, wasn't he an actor too? And in, in some regard, I, I just never really attached it too close to Brewers baseball. Maybe, maybe I'm missing it, but I, I just don't recall that much history with West. Well, that was uh, June 30th, and uh, it was Joe West. And uh, he was struck in the back of the head from a ball coming out of the stands in a game against the Marlins. That's just, I remember doing the show that night and, and how ridiculous it was for anybody to throw anything at anyone at any time. Yep. Just idiots. I mean, you saw, uh, you're seeing, uh, I guess, a little flare up in that regard in the NBA. Yeah. Now, can we just control ourselves? It's not hard, man. Who's raising these children? I hate to sound like the old codger, but who on earth is raising these children that we we feel the need to solve something by throwing things? Uh, whoever is, they're failing miserably. Because uh, you know what? An absolute joke. Just an a- that was just so bad. Yeah, that was an embarrassing. I remember the embarrassing kind of show we did that night yeah that, that's crazy all right well let's get to uh craig council we'll get into our 70s thing but let's uh get uh some comments from craig council i know he's uh he's pretty pleased with freddie's performance as well as the offense guys the offense seems to be maybe turning the corner we'll see i thought it was a pivotal game when we're looking at an offense that's kind of hanging in the balance of being super bad or kind of recovering a little bit, and it seems to me that the recovery is underway offensively a little bit, uh, despite the injuries to Kane and Wong. Seems like they're recovering just a touch, and you go game by game with that. So, so far, check this box tonight. As I said last night, thought it was a pretty important game tonight for the offense, but pitching takes center stage. Here's Craig Council. Hey, Craig, having watched uh, Freddie's whole evolution just how much fun is a night like tonight where you get to watch him do that? Yeah, it, it was, it was fun. Um, and it's just, you know, another sign that he's become a really good starting pitcher in the big leagues. Um, and he, he's making pitches, he can get deep into games and, and that's, you know, he's taken a really big step this year for sure um in, in a lot of different phases um and he, he just pitched a beautiful game 
Right, going into that Nick Ahmed at bat, how close are you watching Freddie's pitch count? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it, you know, I, I think it mattered for the next inning. I don't think it mattered for that inning necessarily. Um, so, you know, the tough decision was going to be kind of after the inning. And so you just, you know, you wait to see where, where it's at, where it ends up after the inning, really. Are those tough calls, Craig? I mean, in the old days, those would be really tough calls, but now maybe pitchers are more used to pitch counts being such a part of the game. Well, like I said, I think we, we didn't have to make it tonight. Um, I, you know, we've talked about it. It's common with these guys. We're, we're, we've, we've flirted with this stuff um, a, a bunch of times, really. So it's, you, I, I was, you're hoping to have these nights, really. Those are, they're, they're good things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they're tough. And I think um, you just, you take everything into account. Um, it was, it was a situation where, you know, the sixth and the seventh were so good. Um, it, it didn't really seem possible. And then the sixth and the seventh were so good that it, uh, it became possible. So you just let it play out. And um, he, he had a shot at it. Um, you know, the guy hit a pretty good pitch, I, th I thought. Um, and, and then, and then box did a nice job to, to clean up the inning. Really. That was, that was also big. Pretty said that diving play by Louie up the middle was the first moment where he really started thinking like, Hey, this could be a possibility. W when were you thinking that? I mean, around that same time or. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think a little bit before that probably, but I think it got the crowd into it really is what happened. The Urias play really got the crowd into it. And, and when the crowd gets into it, then, then the pitchers, you know, the pitcher's going to be into it for sure. So the, the Louis play was, was a fabulous play and it, it got everybody on off, you know, out of their seats. And, and I think it made them look at the scoreboard and, and the reaction. So everybody in the stadium was in on it from then on. Craig, offensively, you feel like the lid's been lifted a little bit. Are guys just feeling a little more free up there, do you think? It, it's the same story when offense starts to click, is that we, we can talk about different names every night. And and so that's what we're that's what we're able to do. It was Vogie and Omar tonight. Um, you know, so we can kind of go up and down the lineup and talk about different names that, that have that have contributed during this nice little offensive run. And that's that's what offense is. It's got to be different guys. Uh, it's got to be everybody's going to kind of take their turn. And that's why we're scoring runs. And that's why we're, we're being, a, that's why we've been consistent the last week on offense is because um, guys are, it's different, it's different names every night. And that leads to consistency. Greg, for uh, Omar's last at bat to go 12 pitches and deliver a homer. Um, I mean, it, it, probably more importantly, it sits down Josh Hader, but how did that kind of swing the game in your favor too? Yeah, that's what it did. I mean, uh, obviously you're trying to, any, any day we can get Josh a day of rest, especially when he pitched the previous day, that's, that matters. Um, so Omar had a great at bat, fouled off a ton of pitches um, and, and, and put a really nice swing on the ball. Um, and then, and then Trevor had a, had a great inning that, that allowed Josh to not even get up again. So, um, you know, Omar did a great job and I thought Trevor did a great job to finish it out. Let's find out the play of the game brought to you by ABC audio video, home entertainment and smart home technology, simply done right. 
Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. On the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. Pretty interesting comments there on the offensive side of uh, things for Craig Council as uh, he talks about the different names. That's what it's going to take for, for this team, maybe more than others. Now, I'm, maybe as a different philosophy with, with a different roster. And you go back to uh, 2018 or something, maybe he says, hey, those are the heavy lifters. Those are the guys that get it done. In this case, maybe he's defaulting to – you know, that philosophy that, you know, you, you've got to sequence these things. It's got to be different names. That's on offense gets going. I think that that would be that would be the case. That would be the case here because they they do need to to recover uh, an offense that can that can do their fair share when you have this type of pitching. And ABC audio video play of the game is just the play of Freddie Peralta, seven and a third of no-hit baseball before he is uh, lifted after one hit, one run, nine strikeouts in this performance tonight. Run is marked to six and one and a two and a quarter uh, ERA to go along with Burns, 224, go along with Woody, 127. This team's going to win games on their arm. There's no question. But when that arm lets up a little bit, which they will, and I'm prepared for that. We're not going to lose our minds when Woody or Burns or Peralta goes out there and goes five and two-thirds of four-run baseball. Promise me, I'll promise you, we're not going to lose our minds. That's going to happen occasionally. It will. But in those games that that occurs, will the Brewers' offense pick up a few of those games? That's what you're hoping for here. You're hoping for that recovery. But, Freddie, play of the game with ABC audio video just outstanding and and I will say this you guys at at American Family Field I know the uh, crowd was around uh, 15,000 so getting a little bit better here and I and I know there's a, a particular comfort zone with you know our our uh uh landscape if you will opening up a little bit I know people are a little trepidatious about, you know, maybe going back out and enjoying some things, but, uh, you know, 15,000, I think a big test of that will be on Sunday for the Hank Aaron bobblehead. Oh, every seat that can can be sold will be sold. Right, and it's upwards of, what, 20,000? It would be capacity these days, 21,000 or whatever it is. Yeah. I would expect that on Sunday, and, and, but... Man, tonight, you guys were feeling it. So was Freddie. I was too. And it just, when it when he lost the no-hitter, it was like, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, you, you felt bad for Freddie Pearl. I felt bad for Freddie first and then the organization second. I didn't feel bad for the organization, but I definitely felt bad for Freddie uh, you know, but it was so quick from when he lost the no hitter to where like the tying runs on deck. And that's crazy. You yep. know, that my disappointment didn't last long because then I got nervous. Of, of course. And you know who flared everybody on that for those that watched it on TV was Schroeder. Yeah. He did. And he said, Hey, you look, there's, there's two guys on now. The tying runs on deck. And I immediately went there myself. So you got a game to win here. 
All right, 414-799-1250. Take a walk down memory lane after we hear from Freddie Peralta. That is next. You're listening to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. 5-1 final Brewers back to 5 over 500. And uh, they win the first two of this four-game set. We'll be right back. 1250 AM, The Fan and Odyssey Station. Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500. Brewers get the victory tonight as Freddie Peralta outstanding once again and a uh, near no-hitter proving uh, to all of us how just damn tough it is to throw a no-no in the big leagues. Uh, Nick Ahmed with a uh, soft single with two strikes made it a little uh, tough to bear and and Joe West with a uh, little squeeze job going on there in that eighth inning as well. But we need to hear this from Freddie Peralta after this performance. Freddie, happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> hey, what did uh, what did you think when you saw Ahmed hit that pitch? It looked like it was well below the zone. Yeah, below the zone. He made you know he got me and did this to him and. But awesome, man. I enjoy every moment of this game. Freddie, at what point did you start realizing that this might become a reality? You know, like what, what inning were you starting to think like, hey, this this could be a no-hitter? Uh, in the moment that Urias made that catch, that was great, man. Freddie, did you think that was getting through? Uh, yeah, uh, I was, you know, so we we were so focused and everything pitch by pitch, uh, Omar and I, and all defense was great tonight too. Freddie, you got a lot of, um, really strange, strange swings from the Diamondbacks today off your breaking pitches, slider, everything really, uh, did you feel like today was some of your best stuff of the year? Uh, yes, but I, I, I. I had a uh, other good games too that I f- that I felt that all my pitches were working really good too. But tonight was uh, I had a great feeling of all my breaking balls and the fastball too. How soon could you realize that you had everything working tonight? Did you know right from the start, or when did you realize this was? Uh, no, pro- probably in the second inning. I was feeling more more comfortable. And I was feeling that the ball was coming out of my hands really good. But being honest, during the during the bullpen before the game, I wasn't feeling that good. You know, my body, my arm and, and legs really good. But I don't know, my release point wasn't there. But the soon that I get on the mound, everything changed. Freddie, how tired were you during that Ahmed at bat? And how hard do you think you would have fought counts? If you if you would have taken that no hitter like like let's say two outs or if you would have gotten into the ninth would you, would you really have argued with them to try to stay in the game? Uh I respect all all his decision, but he probably gonna let me out there and finish my game. Yeah, I, I know that. 
fair to say this was your best birthday ever? Any any birthday ever compared to this one? I didn't, I think this is the best one. <laughs> yep. Freddie, does, where does this one rank? We always ask you about the Mother's Day game, though. Your debut. Does this one rank higher than that game for you now? No. No, Mother's game is still the best one for me. Yep. Freddie, have you had any opportunity this year to think about how far you've come as a pitcher since that Mother's Day and how different you are now than you were then as a pitcher? Yeah, man, uh, it comes to my mind sometimes, and I feel, like, really happy about it because uh, I work really hard, man, all the time, and just for be better and better. And what I know is that I can do all my work uh, on the field and working out and all that, but the soon that, that I get on, that I'm on the mound, what I try to do is my best, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I just compete all the time and try my best. And But something that I have on my all the time is, okay, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to do my best today. But I don't know what can happen. You know, I don't know if, I, if I'm if going to gain, like, five end runs or maybe zero, maybe one. I don't know. But I, all I try to do is go out and compete and, and, and never get up. There he is, Freddie Peralta. Oh yeah, he was staying in that game. It 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 uh, it's it's it was clear to him. He gets through that eighth inning. Uh, I don't know where Craig Council's breaking point would be. Um, maybe it's not Edwin Jackson at uh, what was he? Maybe 143 pitches or something, something like that. I don't think he would have went there. But if you get out of that eighth inning and, um, you know, it's maybe around 115, 116, he was going back out there. Yeah. Yeah. And he was going to lose that no-hitter or get the no-hitter in that ninth inning. Because at that point, you know, you're, you're in a little bit of danger land. I mean, you got to just go on the attack. Well, and I think if he would have tried to take Freddie out of the game uh, before he gave up that hit, I think that it would have been a reverse situation of what we saw in the Diamondbacks uh, dugout earlier in the That's game. Crazy <laughs> with Lavallo going after those guys. He's feeling the heat, man. They uh, they can hit. They've they've got an offense, but you know, again, you, you had a couple of errors on a play. They, they all got back in the dugout, and he just he just laid into them. Um, you rarely see that, but it happens. So for those that think managers uh, don't do rah-rah or you don't yell at guys. Well, you saw it tonight. Big league manager did it. Um, that's, that's crazy. Well, and you love it when it happens uh, against a team that, that you love. For sure. And, and especially in a game in which you have a four-zip lead, you got your, your, one of your studs on the mound, and he's rolling. And you wonder if, if this will carry over. And, you know, you take it one game at a time, but, again, I keep referring to this. Two against the Tigers, four against the Diamondbacks. All six of those games at American Family Field. I think it's fair to expect a four and two mark. And they're sitting there with three and one right now. I mean, let's uh, let's get that tomorrow uh, game. You can play with a little bit of house money on Sunday. But uh, okay, so let's go back to uh, American Family Field is. Um, having their 70s theme weekend, which, yeah, it's kind of fun for folks to throw on, you know, 
I, I don't recall too much of the 70s. I was just <laughs> a little sports kid nerd. So, I, I, you know, maybe it was the Grateful Dead era or the that might have been 60s, 70s with the beads and the peace signs. And I know that uh, in the 70s, my neighbor, uh, who I look back on it now, was um, quite the partier. I didn't realize it then, but, you know, he'd, he'd entertain himself by, you know, shooting us with BB gun. With a BB gun. Okay. We'd be running around the backyard playing baseball, and you just feel a little something like a mosquito bite at your thigh or something. (laughs) He'd be shooting us with a BB gun. Probably not a good idea to do these days. No, if you did that now, he'd be serving time. Or shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Or worse. He'd be be definitely doing time or worse. So it was uh, 1972. And I was eight years old. Well, I was going to be eight years old. I'm assuming this was prior to September. I have a late birthday. So I was, I was seven years old. And, and I, uh, I know the uh, Cub Scouts, uh, or yeah, it was Cub Scouts that I was in. I uh, had this trip to, uh, to see a baseball game. And that's what they called it. We're going to see a baseball game. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. I have a baseball game in Milwaukee, the big city. I grew up uh, in Kenosha. And uh, just it, it seemed like it was like a 14-hour drive. Yeah, but really, it's you know 37 minutes down the road. Yeah, but those Model Ts didn't get going real True. quick. Check, check that one. So, um, you know, we get there, and you got to stay with it, single file and make sure you don't get, you know, lost or whatever. And and uh, we finally get in there, and I buy a. Um, someone gave me. I'm just a dumb little kid. Someone said, "Well, will you buy? What you do at a baseball game is you you buy one of those programs, and then you get a pencil with it, and then you can keep score." Well, I keep score really, Jeff. I didn't even know what that was at seven years old. Okay. Um. I just thought it was like right down the score, like, you know, after the game or something. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> and so I, I did that because they had the uh, at County Stadium. They had the program stands just right there. Was, as soon as you got in there, it was the, the, the big uh, uh, concourse. Uh, and, and so we started walking toward our, our seats or whatever down, down the hallway. And going up that ramp, those of you, you know, my age or maybe a little bit younger even – um, and certainly older, you know, that, that, uh, that ramp, you, you go up and, and, and by this point, Jeff, you can, you can see like outside, you see down the tunnel, wasn't that long, I mean, 20 feet, 25 feet at best. And you could see the blue sky in the background. I'm like, Whoa, it's like opening up because that concourse at, at County stadium was dark and dingy and concrete and it was nasty. And it was, you know, I can say that now, um, but, you know, I saw the blue sky out above, and then as you got a little bit higher, it was ramped up. Uh, you know, I got out there, and I just was like, whoa, green, blue, the, the, the red seats down front, the green seats behind, the, the, the white lines, all of that. And, and, and again, I, I put this akin to, uh, you know, the old uh, transistor radio stories. And we've heard the, 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 the color story before, but I have to say that that was so prevalent 
that I just stood there hypnotized. I'll never forget it. Like it happened literally tonight, earlier tonight. And the usher then had to say, move it along, buddy. You know, it was almost like that Miller Lite commercial. Let's move it along, buddy. <laughs> um, but he had to say, kid, you got to go to your seat. You can't just stand here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was like I was stoned <laughs> because, you know, I'm just standing there just staring at it. And then, you know, you get to your seats and then you start uh, focusing in and, and honing in on the actual players. And and I knew it was a Brewers game. I mean, I knew the name of the team, but the Cub Scouts called it a baseball game. That was 1972. And so I do do remember. But that program, I will say, is the, the resource that put me behind this microphone this very second. I don't know, had I not purchased that program, if I would be right here right now, Jeff. I, I don't know that probably, but I don't know that for, for certain because I read every single sentence in that book. Yeah. Well, I'm Everything sure multiple could, times, too. Oh, oh, a ton of times. And then the picture, I got memorized, mesmerized by these players, like, you know, oh, which number is he? And so then I started listening to it on the radio. And my dad would kind of chime in a little bit. And, yeah, it's a Brewers. They used to be the Braves, he was telling me. They used to be the Braves. And, and I, he said, I, I went to uh, games in 1957 and 58 when they were really good. And so he tried to teach me what he could. He wasn't too much into sports. So there's a 70s story for you. And by I will say this, by 1975, hook, line, and sinker, all in. All in, knew, knew as much as I could about that franchise. That's awesome. Can I That's... ask you a question? Have Shoot. you ever laid in bed at night or, you know, you come home from your favorite hole in the wall and you had a few and you're sitting there and your mind keeps running and you ever think what would have happened since you were in Kenosha, if they would have made the trip south instead of up to Milwaukee, <laughs> and all of a sudden, instead of Tim Allen, you know, beating a Milwaukee Brewer heart, it went the other way? I've never thought about that. Well, think about that tonight. <laughs> I have never thought about that. That's interesting. Because, you know, it, you could have easily gone – you know, you had north or south. Yeah, so. and and all of a sudden I buy a, uh, you know, I buy I buy a program, and it's, uh, you know, it's 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 Dick Allen in a White Sox uniform, or it's you know whoever was a White Sox at that time. I, I wonder, or heaven forbid, the the other team. Yeah, I was thinking more but, of the other team. Right, it could have happened. I suppose it could have happened. What if I buy that program and Ernie Banks is on the cover? Yeah. Wow, interesting, interesting concept. All right, uh, up next, uh, we will have the all-decade of the 70s team as uh, proclaimed by JS Online. Grab this and just archive this uh, some months ago, and uh, we'll, we'll take a walk down memory lane on the field with some of these players. Pretty interesting stuff, pretty fun stuff to go through. We'll do that next. Brewers get the victory tonight, 5-1 final. We'll be right back on The Fan. What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan. 
All right, final couple of minutes here on the show as uh, the Brewers uh, get ready to hopefully take three straight uh, in this series. They take the first two, and on the homestand so far so good, a 3-1 and one mark through uh, the first four games of the homestand, two against Detroit and uh, four against uh, Arizona. So let's go back down uh, memory lane here since it's uh, American Family Field's uh, 70s weekend. Uh, a Hank Aaron bobblehead on Sunday. And I, I recall, just uh, speaking of uh, Hank Aaron real quick, uh, seeing him play and, and going down front when I would sneak down toward that Brewers uh, on deck circle. And and I didn't, I, I guess, understand at that point, and that was, you know, 76. Uh, I was uh, into taking pictures. A lot I took my own pictures and developed my own film at a, a young age. Um, but I didn't understand necessarily the gravity quite yet. I wish I would have knew then that it was like this iconic figure, uh, Hank Aaron. And I knew he was big. Don't get me wrong. The home run king and the whole deal. And I, wow, it's Hank Aaron. But now, you know, give me that opportunity now. It would be way over the top, like way over the top as, as a, uh, as as a person and a baseball player, never uh, did really get his autograph. Tried, you know, one of those rail birds. Hey, Hank, Hank, Hank. You know, trying trying to get it as a kid, but it uh, stars never lined up right there. And you know, I'm gonna end up uh, on the purchase market. I don't think uh, in my home that I have a Hank Aaron autograph of any kind. Really. Uh, I don't think so. Are you saying this because um, you want me to play the world's smallest violin for you, or are you saying this because no. you want people to send you something autographed by Hank Aaron, and you want me to expect, say the address to the station? I don't expect that at all. I expect a good deal on a guitar if you're selling your guitar. That I would expect. Uh, all right, so let's go to the uh, let's go to the seventies. You you do have a guitar in your closet just taking up dust. I know you do. And you tried playing it 17 years ago, and it just didn't work. And you might as well take a little money for it. I got a okay. flying V, Tim. You would have to grow your hair down, you know, halfway to your butt to look make deal. it look right. Yeah, deal. Uh, the flying V, though, I will say this about the flying V. You have to kind of play it standing up, Jeff, because it's it's not a guitar for sitting down at all. Like you're just hanging around at home or in your studio or whatever, uh, on your couch or it just slides. There's not a good, you know, purchase to to kind of keep it there on on your thigh. Yeah. Um, but I do. I have played a, a a V before. They are cool. Who used to play that? Is that Kiss guy play a flying V? Uh, they played some crazy shaped guitars, you know, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, you know, is the guy I always think of when I think okay. of a flying V, but, uh, but yeah, I, I love them. They're so cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really are. All right. All time best lineup by decade. Here we have the seventies. That's the theme weekend. Again, this is all time of the decade. So you're going to have to take some of this with a grain of salt uh, the catcher, Daryl Porter. My mother was in love with Daryl Porter. I apparently must have been a good-looking guy. Uh, but Daryl Porter, he went. Uh, he was traded to. I believe it was the MVP of the '82 World Series for the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Uh, he was traded to Kansas City uh, from the Brewers for uh, Jim Wolford and Jamie Quirk. I believe that was that deal. Okay, so there's a uh, catcher position. First base, George Boomer Scott, one of my first favorite players in all of baseball. Uh, number five, bunch of gold gloves, big dude. Just he was he was the boomer. Came over from uh, Boston, I believe they sent George Scott to Bo- back to Boston. I want to say. Might have to think about that. I know they traded him to Boston for Cecil Cooper. Think about that. Uh, let's see here. Second baseman, Pedro Garcia, good old number nine. I don't know too much about Pedro. Uh, let's see. The shortstop of the decade of the 70s. Wow, this one's a no-brainer. This is Robin Yount. Third base, Don Money, good old number seven. Don Money. Uh, let's see. Left field, Johnny Briggs. Big old burly, bearded left fielder. Mm, his jersey number's not coming to me. 24? I think 24. Center fielder of the decade of the 70s, Davey May. Davey May was actually traded for Hank Aaron. Uh, right field, Sixto Lescano, number 16. Actually, did he play for the Cubs or was it his brother? I, I think was, it was his I, brother, Carlos Lescano. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar, but that was a little before my time. Uh, the D.H. was Hank Aaron, although he only played for the Brewers uh, just a year and a half, but uh, we'll take that. Uh, the D.H. of the decade of the 70s, Hank Aaron. Starting pitching. Um, Jim Colburn, Jim Slayton, good old number 41, Mike Caldwell, the lefty number 48, uh, Marty Patton, Larry Sorensen, number 39, I want to say, uh, closer, my good friend, bulldog, Kenny Sanders, Kenny (laughs) Sanders. Those of you that are interested in deep diving, uh, some old Brewers archives, Go look at some of the seasons Kenny had with the Brewers. He was pretty damn good. He he really was. So there it is, the, the uh, team of the decade of the 70s, since it's a 70s theme. Uh, where were you in the 70s, Jeff Orlowski? <laughs> well, I didn't pop out until late 70s. I was born in 77, so... Uh... You know, when when most of the guys were playing that you were talking about, I was still swimming. Yeah, yeah, you were. All right, we'll get back at it tomorrow. Uh, Brewers go back uh, after it. Does it say Woody's on the hill? It does. Yeah, okay. Um, Boy, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, Woody against Merrill Kelly tomorrow. Kelly 2-6 with a 5-0-4, and Woody sitting at 4-2 with a buck 27. 1.27 1.27 ERA, Burns 2.2 uh, 2.24, and then uh, Freddie Peralta after tonight, 2.25. That's yes, crazy please. good. Awesome. All right, you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, uh, actually, a, a big day of sports in Milwaukee tomorrow. Brewers with a first pitch at 310 after the last pitch. You make the switch right here. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway, and then the Bucks and Nets. 
go toe-to-toe tomorrow night. I believe that tip is, what, 6.30? So uh, we'll be uh, right around on the air talking about uh, Brewers' victory, hopefully, and talking about a huge Bucks first quarter. How's that sound? We'll meet you here. You got a prediction for, Jeff- for that series? Ooh, yeah. Um, how about the Bucks in an epic seven? Okay. All right. Man, that's crazy. Hey, they've got their big three, so do the Brewers. So hopefully it'll be uh, two victories tomorrow and another big day of sports. For Jeff Orlowski, uh the Polish Pipe Bomb, my name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow after the last pitch. You make the switch. And remember, smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.